Hello, and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Well, welcome back. Come on. Let's, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. Whatever. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was great. That's wonderful. Good. Wonderful weekend. Yeah. What else do we know over here? Not, not much anything. It's hot outside. It's hot. Warm out today. Warm out yesterday. Yeah, it's rather warm. Very, very warm down here in North Carolina. We have a, um, we have an update though. We do. Yeah. Jeff went to the moon. Jeff did go to the moon. You are correct. Yeah. It was this afternoon. Yeah. Did you watch it? I I have not actually had a chance. I've been researching this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all day long. Not quite all day, but I'll tell you what, this one was in until the very end here when I found a few things that made me laugh. This one was not an easy one. Bit of heavy lifting, right? Yes. It was, go back and watch it, but it, it's rather uneventful. Rocket goes up, capsule comes down, bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. Interesting. But he's, good on that. He, he, he sort of had a weird thank you to everybody, though, I thought. In what way? You didn't catch that part? I didn't, no. He was like, to all the employees, thank you, and then Amazon consumers, thank you, something like that. Like, you all paid for this? <laughs> like, it kind of landed a little flat. Like, a, okay, Jeff, uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks can, for pointing that out. Can can we get bathroom breaks now? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Wally, Willie, Wally, Wally was she was excited. Of course she was. She wants to go back up. She better. She should. She should just be able to go whenever she wants. Like every time. Like just honorary. She's got a free free jump seat. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. That's good. Anyhow, folks, um, Jeff didn't actually go to the moon. I mean, he went into space. But I thought I'd slip that in there so we could go into our <laughs> into our topic that we're going to be talking about. Oh, indeed. Well, so do you want to clue clue the listeners? In yeah, that? this week we're going to be just touching on a light subject matter of oh, misinformation yeah. and disinformation. Uh, there's a lot of both out there. Fake but we news. should start. Oh. We should probably start by clarifying what the two terms mean. Go for it. So misinformation much like being misinformed is simply incorrect information, which gets passed around and repeated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like a telephone game. Exactly. Disinformation is, is basically the malicious use, intentional misuse of, of non-factual information to achieve a means, goal, or an end. I'm paraphrasing off the top of my head, but that's essentially the context we'll be working within for the two things throughout the remainder of this discussion. So I came, you know, I, I brought this up. Okay. We're going to research this because it is a problem. Yada, yada, yada. And, and we should back up. I should back up a little bit. This has been going on for years, like 1700s, years. you know, there's all sorts of examples of stuff. Yeah. It turns out you, you can accomplish a lot if you can control the, uh, the information people receive. Yeah. And if you, you know, you Google a thing, you can jump into some articles. There are actually some really good articles here, but uh, this was not by any means like easy light reading. I can't imagine. No, the no, further I, you go down that rabbit hole, the more interesting things become. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, the, the one article I was diving into, I'm trying to think this is uh now I'm just questioning, like, are my sources correct? Like I'm, I'm just, so, I've been <laughs> folks, I've been in this rabbit hole for too long before we're actually recording where I'm staring at my screen going, Oh, am I getting, I don't know what's real anymore. I don't, I mean, it, it. seriously, it's like spending an entire day, like researching conspiracy theories. And at some point you just get into a mode of thinking and you're like, wait a second, 
I'm drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, back in the 1700s, I mean, famous things were happening, like the king's health is failing and stuff like that. You know, just questioning monarchs and monarchies and leadership and stuff. It's it's been going on for a while. Yeah, it has a bit of a destabilizing effect. And apparently, you know, the forefathers of this country were a little nervous about this kind of stuff and outside influence from, you know, other people. And then, of course, they have this, I think, really love-hate relationship with the printing press. (laughs) That was kind of a biggie. Yeah, yeah, that's huge once you could mass-produce this stuff. Yeah, so you can, folks, feel free to go down. I mean, Smithsonian Magazine, uh, Jackie uh, Mansky wrote an article May 7th, 2018. It's pretty, the age-old problem of fake news. Um, It's been, been a conversation since the birth of this country. Yeah. And rightfully so, yeah. you know, yeah, Adam, especially the concerns other. about outside influence and whatnot. Yeah. But it's in it. It's and then it gets immediately partisan and it's, it just kind of follows the same format day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fake news. You can't even take that term seriously anymore, you know, because it's, it's just used as this catch all label for, yeah. for things you don't like now. That's fake news. Well, no, you just don't want to hear it. So, <laughs> you know, it doesn't the, necessarily mean it's fake. It's just not. So I guess the one, the one article I'll point out, which was a, a pretty heavy read, actually, um, the Heal Foundation put out um, regarding the, the secret history of disinformation and political warfare, five questions for Thomas Ridd. So for folks that aren't familiar, um, Thomas read this was a author. He just authored a book. Um, looked pretty interesting. I actually might buy it. Um, but he goes into this, just this incredible deep dive. And I won't go into all the details about this because there's all sorts of, you know, think tanking and heavy thinking and how this stuff sets up and the history of how stuff works and yada, yada. But if you're so inclined, you know, wrap your head around that one and then start reading everything again. <laughs> and you're going to go like, just, just some good light. reading. <laughs> yeah. Look, again, like this is a practical concept that can be used to manipulate large groups oh, and societies and, yes. you know, definitely more often wielded maybe for bad than good, I think. Well, I think or just to accomplish means and ends. So part of the problem is even back, you know, years ago, even before the interwebs and all that kind of stuff, there are plenty of examples where reputable or, you know, news organizations would, you know, fact check a thing and miss a thing and report a thing out. And then they had to back it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, 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 it's problematic, yeah. you know, cause they're actually trying to do something. I mean, if they're not just, you know, trying to write some fluff piece or something like that, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a foolproof thing, you know, yeah. but, but again, that, that would be an example of misinformation. They just simply got the wrong information out there. There was no malice behind it or intent behind it. Yes. Um, These days. Different story. Very much so. It's, it's, it's almost, and and to your point, you know, things being so hyper politicized, it's disinformation is just a tool to smear and like push agendas forward. And it it can become dangerous. It is dangerous, right? Oh, it's got some very scary consequences. And then so. Yeah. So you want to hit a break before we get into our little spiel on this? Sound, <laughs> sounds good to me. All right. Sit tight, folks. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
14 questions. Anyhow, where were we? We were talking about uh, Jeff Bezos going to the moon. Oh, going to the moon, yeah, And back. Well, hold on. Before I get any further, I did not reference my um, Hewlett Foundation article. That was by Eli Sugarman, August 11th, 20. Let me see. Yeah, 2020. 2020. Yeah, and it was uh, regarding basically a book that came out back in April 2020, Active Measures, which I meant actually, I think I'm going to get read. Probably, probably be an interesting read. Yeah. And then some, probably terrifying too. Very. One of those things, the more you know, right? Yeah. But yeah, so circling back, uh, Elon Musk landed on Mars yesterday. Yeah, Mars. That uh, was it. To one-up Jeff Bezos yeah. on his trip to the moon. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, folks, so this, this, this we, we, we got a problem here, right? It's not, it's not, and it's not uniquely American, right? No, not at all. At, at, at all. I mean, this, like, this is, but it, we have a big problem. So over here in the 14 questions, we like to talk about, you know, privacy and internet things and whatever. So we're a little concerned because I, I just don't see the social medias. I mean, some of them are kind of doing a job with this and then otherwise they're just falling flat. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, this stuff, it just spreads so quickly because like it's predatory in a sense that it preys on people's confirmation bias. And, Absolutely. Uh, yes. In, in, in a huge way. And you know me, I've, I've just lambasted folks before for just clicking and sharing and clicking and sharing. Like, did you even read this article or did you just share it because you thought it lined up with what the fuck you said? And friends, this think, is a true you know, statement. And Brandon's talking about like friends and family, not just people he knows here and there. Like, <laughs> Oh no, I, I will lose my freaking mind. I'm like, did you, did you even read the thing or did you see a headline that, you know, spoke to your, private thoughts and went ahead and shared it without doing any research at all. And it happens all the time. And then, you know, you have a great responsibility because, you know, we're all interconnected now and we all have hundreds, if not thousands of friends on these platforms, you know, and say, I'm a respected member in my circle of people. Yeah. I share a thing. Now I've just lended credibility. I've lended my credibility to anything and everything I share. So I feel like it's my personal responsibility to not share things I haven't, you know, done the research on myself. Yeah. As much as I may or may not disagree with the the core information, I want to know it's factual and truth truthful, you know. Or not. Or not. Yeah, sometimes it's just fun to pass a thing along. I mean, see, but, I, I would go to the onion from time to time. Yeah, it's like it's like dis, dis, disinformation at that point. Like I'm yeah. willingly spreading the disinformation just to see, you know, stir the pot a bit, see what happens. Well, there, and there are actually categories of this, whether or not that's, you know, late night or comedy doing parody on stuff or, you know, the onion obviously is a parody on, on a parody. And yeah. You know, so if you, if the, for the listen, satire there. <laughs> yeah. So for the listeners, there's a, you know, reported out basically, Hey, we are fake. The articles are pretty funny though. You know, I got some wit over there. Generally speaking, the, the folks at the onion. Yeah. Um, they pretty, come up with pretty, a thing. Pretty humorous. Too. I've seen some, some guffaw inducing headlines that they've written. But I mean, okay. So let's, let's dive into this a little further. Right. So, you know, obviously you get this, you know, over there on the, on the Twitter sphere, they have a problem with some of this, but they've seemed to have sort of more or less got some, you know, fence around some of the problem. Yeah. I think Ish. they're getting a handle on it over at Twitter. And of course that's, that's causing problems for Twitter itself. Yes. Um, 
because now, you know, there are accusations of censorship and cancel culture and and all this, you know. Oh, just as of today. Belly three, aching, whining, three, bitching, complaining. You just know. don't even go to C-SPAN because as of three hours ago, <laughs> somebody's complaining about their 12-hour ban yeah, on I got, Twitter. I got, I got a 12-hour like, ban on Twitter off. and it's just, it's, it's it, you know, you can't. <clears throat> You can't be on broadcast television complaining about censorship, folks. Like, you're clearly not, not censored. You're not a censored individual if you're on broadcast television complaining about how censored you are. Um, but and seriously, if you're going to sit around digress. and opine about some opinion as a non, you know, I didn't, didn't see an MD after that particular name. Turns out, no. No. So, no. yeah. You know, that whole vaccine thing. Which is really what's brought this to a head because there's so much misinformation and disinformation. It was already out there before the life-saving COVID-19 vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the pandemic has definitely brought all of this to the forefront where you have entertainers masquerading as journalists and, Mm -hmm. you know, very much speaking on both sides of the political spectrum. Um, Just utter garbage. Right. I think it was best summed up. We found a found a little clip from a uh, Carl Cameron. Oh, that one. A, so was a former Fox News correspondent, and uh, I will. I, you'll, everybody listening to this will probably know who he's talking about, but we don't even need to get into that rant. No, this go round. But listen to what he has to say because I think he sums it up nicely when he talks about the journalists in this country and the use of disinformation through major, I'll say, broadcast networks. Ratings ultimately become revenue, and that's the name of the game. Uh, Whoever gets the most clicks on social media makes the most money, gets the most fame, gets the most attention, and that type of uh, activity is not journalism. It's not news. It's gaslighting. It's propaganda. I mean, just last week. You know, so I think he sums it up nicely there. It's not news. It's propaganda. And, you know, people sit around and they consume from singular sources. Um, I won't even say they consume their news. They consume information from singular okay, information. sources. You got any suggestions for, you know, Mark over there at Facebook? Do I? Yeah. Other than their Just little. shut the whole damn thing down, Mark. Well, no, no. no. <laughs> but so, um, here's the, here's the, here's the dilemma, folks. I think this is a dilemma. And Brandon, you tell me if you think this is a, maybe a, a solve, right? Because they haven't done a great job over there. And, you know, they labeled, but they label everything. Like, to at least try to find the source of where this information came from. And we discussed this earlier, and I I think I know where you're going. So carry on. All right. So, you know, myself, I go into the grocery store every day, right? And when I'm traveling abroad, I go in the grocery stores. And you'll see these stories, right? There'll be something about, you know, how the aliens, they found Martians on Mars yesterday. Oh, Oh, the tabloids. And people love this shit. I they love this shit. Up. I've, I've, you know, they can't say I've, I, great. I don't think I've bought one. I've at least picked one up and been like, yeah, I've never purchased one, but my, my, my grandmother used to have these. Right. And like national Enquirer and stuff, but you know, you knew, you know that they're tabloids, but it's kind of true, but it's like, could it be, there's some, a little bit of facts in there. You know, Bigfoot sightings, UFOs, the latest celebrity spat. Yeah. I mean, you know, celebrities. but again, hey, Bigfoot does exist by the way. Well, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But, you know, a tabloid is apparent that it's a tabloid. Like, there's specific size and format. And, like, you don't accidentally pick up the tabloid and go, this is all real. I'm sure some people do. But for the most part, people are aware of what a tabloid is. But they buy them. 
Of course, because they're entertaining. They show them to their friends. They, they could, they could l- let them click and like and spread that around. But you know what? Make it a fucking tabloid. Have a different screen size. Like if you're something, yeah, a different font or a different color background. Like, like this is this is tabloid bullshit or and tabloid it's fun land. To read and it's right? funny. It's entertaining. What what have you? But it may not be grounded in reality. And right. The, and the problem is with social media and our ability to instantaneously share and retype and configure and website hosting being so cheap and affordable. Like it's just it's this immense sea of bullshit that you have to wade through. Every day. I think it would be an interesting thing for Facebook to take a look at this and say, hey, when we actually have a, a no one news source, kind of like, the, you know, we verified you. That's this shape, this style. You still reference it to whether or not it came from whichever news source, because you need a, a free press to be able to do a yeah, thing you, you definitely in a free society. And I think, you know, that, that's a thing that will probably happen at some point. There'll be some independent commission that certifies legitimate news sources. And of course people will bitch and complain because, Oh, who are they to say what is and isn't, you know, factual and truthful. But, you know, if you take a a moderate sampling of people that think differently, they can come to some sort of consensus as to what reliable news sources are. But I think it might be a, might be a middle ground of a bit of a, you know, they can still get their active engagement and people, scrolling through the things and sharing the things and yeah, get on. We need a rating system. Yeah. It's like, okay, this one, this site that reported out, you know, the whatever times of, you know, post whatever big title it has dot whatever, you know, about the space aliens landing here. It's a fun thing. Share it and like it. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? But there's no, there's very little delineation. No, not at all. It's, you know, they've from day one and to their credit, they've got a unique style that you look at as does Twitter and the way it scrolls and when you hold your thumb down, whatever the hell it is that they're doing, but they can get rid of a thing, label a thing or do a thing within like microseconds. Yeah. So it's folks. I mean, it doesn't seem that hard. Like you're, you got 2 billion people looking at shit all day long, all over the globe you know, if the BBC reports something out, you know, maybe they have to, on the backside, get qualified and say, we are the BBC and do some paperwork every six months. And they get a certain way that they come yeah. through that feed. They get, they get a gold star or something. Yeah. And you if you, and if you can't do that, then you're like a tabloid shapey thing. I don't know. Yeah. Which, which I think, I think they, it's fair. They should consider and that over there on Facebook. Land. I think it's difficult because we're still kind of in this new frontier of social media. Like it's been around for a while, but it's yeah. still relatively new. And there's no real regulatory oversight. And so they're, they're walking this fine line between the population and the government. And like, you can't do the right thing because there's no boundary. Right. It's been clearly defined. You know, if if we had say government oversight for this stuff and there were, well, there there are some laws in the books. There are some, but not specific necessarily to social media as much as we need. Um, because you know, if they, if they start labeling things, then that pisses people off and upsets people. And you get kind of this gang mentality, like, Oh, fuck them. They're censoring us. They're, you know, freedom of speech and yada, yada, yada. And then the other side is like the government's, you know, like you got to do something. What do they do? Like either either, again, you're going up against the government or you're going up against the population. If we clearly define the rules and regulations, 
then they could defer to a higher power and then just make these decisions going, Hey, this is, this is, this is the regulatory, you know, stipulations and we are operating within those bounds. So take it up with your congressman or whatever, which, you know, the buck's got to stop somewhere and they're just kind of caught in the middle. I mean, between a rock and a hard place to your point, we had a discussion earlier, you know, four, four days ago or something, maybe last week when we were talking about doing this episode. And I said to you, it's a point well taken. How responsible do you hold the movie theater for the person that shouted fire? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's sort of what it comes down to. Yeah. And you know, where do you draw the line? Should they have done background checks on every movie ticket sold and every seat holder? But the problem here is if you're, does that become excessive? If you're in charge of the curation and you can control when that person says fire and you can control the volume of which they say it and all the other tools that they have, I do believe some responsibility lays at the feet. I do too. To, um, and, and then again, know, we're not there yet. But this people, is still a new thing. Will, you know, cry big brother and all this nonsense. And again, these, these are private entities that you signed an agreement with to behave and play with your rules, which we've gone over time and time again. Like if I were to say fuck in my grandmother's house, she'd say, get the fuck out of my house. Like that's, that's inappropriate. You're gone. Yeah. My they grandmother would have said fuck. Too. Well, yeah. Well, actually, no, I, I take that back. My grandmother never swore. Um, I'm, I'm speaking <laughs> of the other family members. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not wrong. Yeah. But, you know, if if they're going to be held accountable and you can hold their feet to the fire, then they need to be able to enforce their own rules as well and not have people cry foul. Yeah, fair um, enough. You know, again, it's also new. We just need to find some structure and definition about what happens moving forward. So I will so, say so everybody can be happy. It, it was kind of, it, and it's still kind of blowing my mind. So in researching this podcast and in this particular episode and going through some stuff, I find this clip that we're going to play here in a second. <laughs> and I actually saw this in my Twitter feed yesterday. I think it was yesterday or Sunday. And I was like, really, is this a thing? Like, so could it possibly be yeah, so, it's the most interesting bit of misinformation? Oh, it's, it's kind of funny because we, we did it. We did a whole, and this is, it, it just in to circle back weirdly around if you haven't listened to our episode on like recently, I forget what it was. We talked about cardboard, like the car, like they built out of cardboard yeah, and stuff. But yeah. anyhow, there were some cardboard beds apparently. Yeah. Made for the Olympic village. Which I, I sort of got because we had done an episode on cardboard and seeing what you can do with cardboard is impressive. Yeah. Like take, take these things out, fold them up. And now we've got beds for all the athletes. Yeah. But then somebody said it was an anti-sex bed. It was an anti-sex bed designed to collapse at the first thrust of a pair of hips. And the, and the thing was, it was to encourage social distancing and no, I guess, diddling at the Olympics. I don't know what goes on in those athletic villages. Who knows? I'm sure it's fun and exciting. And, and who wouldn't want? Anyhow. Like these are <laughs> these are beautiful people with beautiful bodies. Of course, they're having sex in the Olympic Village. So um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at my where this uh, Reese McClanahan. There we go. There we go. So this is a top story right now, and, th- and this guy comes <laughs> out. And we're going to play this clip. Oh, it's it's great. What yeah, he did. He, so he, he's, he's a gymnast. gymnast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so we'll just play the clip. It's, it's you'll get it. Funny. Yes. In today's episode of Fake News at the Olympic Games, the beds are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard. Yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake. Fake news. <laughs> so in the video, he's clearly jumping up and down rather violently on this cardboard structure with a mattress on top. And it turns out 
I believe you could probably have sex on the thing. Definitely fake news. It's kind of hilarious. And it made, it just made me chuckle and laugh after a bunch of really heavy, you know, reading and research (laughs) to like, weirdly enough, we're, we're sitting in the studio tonight and I'm like, do, 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 do fake news stories, you know, run, run, get me something that just happened or went. And I'm like, oh shit, I read that story. Like, or Twitter feed, like, you know. Click the, the clickbait got me the other day. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Anti-sex beds. Anti-sex beds. It's fake news, folks. What what asshole would design that? Yeah, exactly. <gasps> so, well, bless you there, Brandon. Thank you. I barely got to my mute button. There you go. Anyhow, do you want to uh, you want to leave it there? Yeah, I think that's a good stopping point. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh-oh. I'm going to ask, go. I'm going to request, because I still to this day, you've never made donuts. <laughs> oh, I have, but I'm going to let Brandon tell everybody. So he's obsessed with this watermelon thing that he did. And I don't even understand what that is, but I bought oh a piece of watermelon. I so, did. you know, after we record or whatever, give me the instructions or your recipe or, you know, we'll walk inside and do a thing. But yeah, what, well, what was it? Do you want to tell folks what this watermelon thing is? Oh, it's delicious. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And you'll just never have anything like it, but it's basically, it's, it's a pan seared watermelon. Uh, so you sear it, sear it in butter and you let that sugar caramelize and a little bit of fresh mint and cracked pepper. And you don't know when you, when you cut into it and bite into it, it's, it's like a glazed ham at first. And you're like, Oh, this caramelized sugar and it's warm and hot. And then as you chew, it becomes what we know and love of watermelon. It's, it's fascinating and wonderful, but I want, I'm, ta- I'm getting hungry talking about it. There you go. So folks, I will report back to you. What, because this just sounds weird to me. And Brandon was so excited when oh, he did it. You'll lose your mind. You, it, you've okay. never had anything like it. But I, I, I clearly. Yeah. You yeah. Go, I, you go. I don't fry watermelon like a snake. <laughs> and yet there you go. There you go. All right, folks. Well, uh, till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course, find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.